Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Morningstar. Uh, it seems like the malarkey has kind of hit the fan. Whoa, the, the malarkey's hit the fan! In the past Travis. couple of days. I don't, this is, it's a podcast. We still have... Malarkey is it's we're the audience. I can hear them turning off their phones. They're saying there's kids in the car, and all of a sudden you're out here saying words like malarkey. Yeah. Okay. But uh we recorded last week on Perfect timing. Uh, perfect timing. Once again, as Abe Lincoln's top hat <laughs> always delivers, perfect timing to give you the most up to date news. And as soon as we hit publish, after the it was right after the South Carolina primary. Joe Biden had just his his landslide win in South Carolina, which oh, it was an anomaly. It's uh, it, he was the Stevie Nicks of South Carolina. He flaunted his wares. People loved his flowing dresses. He indeed was the Fleetwood Mac in South Carolina. Almost immediately, Pete Buttigieg boom. He gets a call from Barack Obama. He sees Barack Obama's name on his caller ID, and he he lets out a long sigh and says. Chasten, looks like we're going back to Schitt's Creek or wherever we live. They're from a wonderful place in Indiana. Great place. But uh, Pete Buttigieg dropped out of the race um, of of his own volition, I'm very sure. Well, Pete Buttigieg, obviously. So again, we recorded. We're like, this is it. Everyone's going to love this brand new information. (laughs) Then a whole thing, a whole series of things happen uh, that definitely made it look as if the DNC got into the brains of a few candidates and was just like, yo, it's probably better for you if you drop out and just, uh, you know, make it more of a two-person race or a three-person race, uh, dividing the progressives between Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden and, and Bernie Sanders and having Joe Biden uh, maintain the lone Corvette in the moderate lane. But uh, so Buttigieg drops out, then Amy. Amy Klobuchar. Then Bloomberg and also Warren after a well a, now Warren didn't drop out until after Super to, uh, Tuesday. Well, Bloomberg right? also dropped out after Super Tuesday, but Super but for Bloomberg dropping out after <laughs> Super Tuesday doesn't really matter because he spent so much money and I guess this was just yes. If he didn't go until Super Tuesday, at the very least, uh, it would be more embarrassing than it was for him on Super Tuesday. But what we saw was the coalition of moderate Democrats. Uh, This is why the moderate lane, and this is why people who are more moderate tend to do a little bit better in national elections, because they coalesce behind one candidate and they don't divide the vote, which is exactly what we saw here. Who knows what Amy Klobuchar and and Pete Buttigieg, who knows what the backroom deal was. Perhaps it's more of an assumption, but you figure the fact that they dropped out they're in Joe Biden's good graces, and did you know he's running for Senate this year? So that's maybe right. they can be one of his staffers. That's right. And if you don't, if you don't like Joe Biden, choose the other Joe Biden. That's that's what, according to him. He's uh he's firing on all cylinders right now. <laughs> he really is. But it is, is it's amazing to watch um the establishment this the DNC the, they will protect themselves by coalescing into one unit Voltron like. You got to do it. But like now in retrospect, watching those. 
those debates, it's like, I don't know if you're familiar with Naruto, Ben. I know this, a little bit about this Naruto. Is, this is like, it, it was like seeing Genjutsu. It's like seeing, it was Bernie versus what seemed to be multiple candidates, but was actually illusion puppets put out by Biden and the DNC. Well, now, to be fair, I mean, obviously, that's a little bit conspiratorial, but also that is accurately what happened. So the, the question is, why to be fair, obviously, Klobuchar not making a lot of money in her campaign, not raising a lot of cash. Obviously, the delegate count not looking good for her by the time that they were getting to Super Tuesday. Let's call it Wonderful Monday before Super yes. Tuesday when she dropped out. She only had seven delegates. So I think she saw the tea leaves. She read the tea leaves. She's like, I'm out of this damn thing anyway. What the hell is the point? I might as well hedge my political bets, endorse Joe Biden as quick as possible, see if I can't help him try to get the nomination. If he does win the presidency, Amy Klobuchar can be in charge of scolding everyone's ex-boyfriends. Yes. Because she's so good at scolding her own. Now, and last week I did say, you know, in the in the couple of days, the well, the, the two or three days leading up to Super Tuesday after Biden's South Carolina win, I said... How are they going to how are they going to make use of these two or three days to form a narrative around Biden that he is the candidate to be the front runner? And you know what? Cable news did that. They pushed they pushed Biden so over the top that he actually came away uh, from Super Tuesday with 10 states. Joe Biden was able to win 10 out of 14 states. And again, that is massive. You cannot thank Buttigieg and Klobuchar nearly enough when it comes to how much help that gave him. And Beto. Beto O'Rourke. Oh, who, yes. Who I know loves Joe Biden, right? Like, this guy, what a phony to come out of nowhere and be like, yeah, I also I also want to uh, to endorse Joe Biden because he wants to become, like, the gun czar of, of the, well, the Biden administration. If, I'm not sure if that'll happen, but yeah. Yes, Beto came out of, uh, came out of hiding, uh, came out, his, his wounds were all licked. Uh, he was all bandaged up after one of the most horrific presidential campaigns in my lifetime. <laughs> uh, but he is now supporting uh, Joe Biden. And get ready for more of that. And again, we can't lose sight here in a binary choice. We can't lose sight what happened in 2016. A lot of people are calling Biden Hillary 2.0. Very similar voting record. Um if she was in the Senate during the early 90s with the crime bills, no doubt she would have been right along with him voting Absolutely. yes. I mean, she was a proponent of the crime bills uh, that were passed under the Clinton administration, which devastated the black community, which is, of course, ironic uh, because that community is still, of course, this is not all of that community without a doubt. This is still a small percentage of it. But he still has the African-American support, not as much as Obama, but he is cobbling together that Obama coalition. So there is some people concerned that this is just Hillary 2.0. But again, at the end of the day, in a binary choice, uh, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, I do believe that Joe Biden would be a better president than Donald Trump. So we can't lose sight of that. But we have the situation now where Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden are going at it head to head. Currently, Joe Biden has 664 delegates, Bernie Sanders at 573. The corpses of Elizabeth Warren has 64. Michael Bloomberg did end up with 61. He bought American Samoa for $700 million. It is amazing. Tulsi Gabbard coming in second there. Elizabeth Warren got 64. And you say what you want. I, I, I think her campaign jumped the shark just a little bit towards the end. Uh, the, the social things that she was kind of hitting on, I felt, were a little bit isolating and not growing the tent as much as I would have liked to, to see her grow the tent. Uh, what really turned me on to her early on was the focus on policy. Uh, Elizabeth has a plan for that. I had my win with Warren t-shirt delivered, and then she sort of decided to go with the more mudslinging road, uh, the mudslinging route uh, specifically against Bernie Sanders. When it comes to a conversation they may or may not have have had two years ago about maybe he said that a woman couldn't be president or couldn't be Donald Trump for president. I have no idea. None of us were flies on that wall. And I'm sure there was some variation of the truth for both of them in what they said, both in his denial and her it was uh, not saying a, that it was uh, it was not a good idea to drag that out, though. It just and, didn't really make any sense. And I don't think it resonated with the American people. And then, of course, it turned off a lot of the progressive base and they just saw 
you know, the, the snake eating its own tail. And they're like, could we please do what the moderates do so well? And join forces as opposed to destroy one another. And speaking of Warren, she is, uh, you know, officially out of the race now, but she has not fully endorsed any candidate. Instead, she has gone on SNL to do a dance with Kate McKinnon. Well, you got to make the rounds. You got to make the she rounds. She drew a selfie line in the sand and said, "I will not cross it. I will not. Uh, I will not support the per- the vehicle, the other vehicle that that would carry these progressive right. policies forward." But uh, she did get to go on SNL. So, uh, and I do wonder if the SNL would have had her if she was still running for president. I'm not sure if they changed what they did in 2016. Of course, they had Hillary on. They had Donald Trump on. Yes, Donald Trump looked like a buffoon, but it was humanizing in a strange way as well. Hillary Clinton. Clinton, she did she did fine, but I I feel like SNL kind of dove in a little bit too much when they had two active candidates for president. Yeah, on their show it yeah. became a it got a little too political uh, for Saturday Night Live, and uh, God knows what that meant for the election. Uh, that's what's so impossible to tell. So I don't know if they would have had her on if she was still running, but she did get sixty four delegates, and that just shows you. Yeah, Michael Bloomberg got his ass kicked, but with 500 million bucks, you too can pretend like you were campaigning for the past two years and get 61 delegates and put a little plaque up on well, your wall. Well, and, and Biden is now getting all of these Super Smash Brothers power-ups in the form of endorsements from the former potential candidates and so my also question, though, Bloomberg's is, money. Yes, Bloomberg is going to be supporting He's bankrolling Biden. Biden now. Yes, yes. When it comes to all of the endorsements that Joe Biden's been getting, yeah, he's been racking them up. Been racking them up from uh, from Pete, Mayor Pete Klobuchar, as we mentioned, Beto. My question is, does that really matter? With Jim Clyburn, it may have carried a little bit more weight in South Carolina. Being a very respected uh, African-American political leader, uh, big in the black community out there. Perhaps that matters on a local level like that. Beto? What's Beto, what, what's Beto bringing to Biden? Like, was well, anyone like, ah, I wasn't for Biden, but then there's something about that guy that, you know, that just totally failed in his presidential candidacy that I I really think Biden's the guy now. Well, damn, I don't know, because Biden won Texas, you know, like Sanders was poised to win it and then Biden came away with it. But also, I think there's uh, a lot more. I think endorsements do go a long way because people don't want to think about this stuff. People don't want be as if somebody else could do the thinking for them. That is yeah, all the better. Yeah, but if that was the case, then Hillary Clinton would have won in a landslide. But you know, like every single, I I don't know that. Well, that's always what's up for debate. Obviously, being endorsed doesn't hurt. Unless, of course, he was endorsed by, like, Louis Farrakhan or David Duke. <laughs> Although Donald Trump was endorsed by David Duke and just was able to <laughs> roll true. with he took it. Away. Yeah, took it away. Uh, he but, just rolled with uh, sp- it. Speaking of endorsements, Kamala Harris just today has endorsed uh, Biden. Of course. Even though she started her... <laughs> She started her presidential candidate race by calling Biden out for his alleged racism. And well, now for she, busing. And now she is on Biden's side all the way. It is amazing to see. Well, also, all of that stuff was political nonsense. Kamala Harris grew up very, very well and also was a prosecutor. So uh, all that busing stuff, which was extremely controversial back then. And was that a good idea or not? I don't particularly think moving children away from their homes and having them drive two hours to school and two hours back is beneficial for their own education. I think maybe we should get schools in poor areas that are up to snuff. But in a less, uh, in a non-hypocritical endorsement, Jesse Jackson just endorsed Bernie Sanders today. Well, that would make more sense. The Rainbow Coalition, Jesse Jackson, a longtime civil rights activist who's been around Oh, my goodness. He, 40, he, 50 years he, now marching with MLK. Yeah, he whole, ran, ran for president in 84, got third in the, the primaries, and ran again in 88, and he got second in the uh, the, the Democratic primaries. So he's been around. He's, yes, he, he and has. I think people really do you know trust him in the uh, in progressive circles. So it's a good endorsement for Bernie. I mean, I don't trust any of these people. Once they, once they start making a – Jesse Jackson's made a hell of a lot of money off of uh, off of poor people, and so has Al Sharpton, for that matter. A lot of times, these people uh, benefit greatly from the suffering of others, and they don't actually kick back to the communities uh, that they're trying to profess to love. But that is just me being cynical. So, 
We have Elizabeth Warren has not decided to endorse anyone. My speculation is, and as everyone knows, when I start speculating, everything is everything I say is going to come true. I'm going to assume that she is going to wait until there is a front runner. If that is Joe Biden, she's going to do Biden. She's going to go with Biden. If it's not, uh, she'll endorse Bernie. But I am actually in a strange way happy about the results thus far. Again, 664 delegates for Biden, 573 for Bernie Sanders. We have a one-on-one race. Yes. The next debate is just going to be Bernie Sanders against Joe Biden. How much do these debates freaking matter? Well, I don't know. Again, with endorsements and debates, it's hard to tell what this, how much they move the needle. A one-on-one debate with Bernie and Biden, though, you'll see because Biden for a lot of these debates has been able to hide amongst a bunch of candidates talking. And he, you know, did you notice whenever he had a chance to talk, he would end by saying, "Oh, you know what? I'll give the rest of my time away now." Like he would, right. he would, he would just sort of like tap out uh, halfway through what he was saying. And I think that's because he's on the down, he's on the cognitive downslope. And uh, we're about to see what Biden can do in a debate and how I personally think he will f- do terribly with Trump in a debate. And so we're going to see that on display here with uh, him one on one with Bernie. By the way, As- it's uh, it, uh, apparently Biden, uh, Biden's team wanted to do a sit down debate for the next one. You so know that- what? For both of them, I, I'd say both of them need to sit down a little bit because they're old as hell. They have a combined age of 158 or something like that. Um, I could go with an old school. That's an old school Kennedy-Nixon debate. But then they have to stand up to talk. They should uh, They should sit on like a hot leather couch. Both of them should have to sit Ooh. on a hot, uncomfortable leather couch and see how they fare under those conditions. I don't know if I want to see Joe and Bernie on the old casting <laughs> couch, but uh, just bend over for me, would you? Uh, God knows the the image of, uh, of that. Uh, Bernie Sanders has a history now of one-on-one debates. Uh, obviously, he learned a lot when he was debating Hillary. Uh, Joe Biden has not been been in a one-on-one debate since the last vice presidential uh, debate where he went against uh, Paul Ryan. Oh, my goodness. That's yes. an amazing – that was – what was that? Eight years ago, Paul Ryan was the VP. Can you imagine that, How how time has changed reality? So Joe Biden does not have, he hasn't been practicing as long as Bernie Sanders has here when it comes to one-on-one debates. And we are going to see how good Bernie Sanders is going to be able to uh, confront the issue. You know, the socialism issue is going to be huge. If the Democrats want to make this a socialist versus capitalist argument, this is exactly what the uh, what the Republicans are going to be doing if Bernie would go against Donald Trump. So it is going to be big for Bernie Sanders to be able to defend his record in a way that doesn't isolate a huge portion of Americans. Uh, he needs to explain what he means by democratic socialist, which is, as the old adage goes, if you're explaining, you're losing. So he's got to do it in a way that also sticks to his political rationale and political policies, which, as we've talked about before, he does do. He can. He always circles back. He can be ordering something at McDonald's and somehow make it about, uh, you know, uh, education. Yeah, I th- I, if he's explaining what democratic socialism means, I think that's probably going to be a bad sign. He just needs, he needs to, to he do needs it. to communicate that he is actually espousing policies that everyone is pretty much on board for it in the Democratic Party. Uh, it, at least according to the exit polls for all of these states that have been uh, voted in already, people uh, support Bernie Sanders' policies. They just don't support the vehicle uh, that that is bringing them. Uh, it apparently, apparently they support Biden, but not his policies. So it's this weird flip flop universe. Yeah, where he I needs to the, communicate that hey, I'm actually not this radical that you that you think I'm, or I'm being sort of sold as. I actually want to. I have I have sort of family uh, uh, policies that I'm bringing forth. He does, and that'll that will rely on 100% messaging, and that'll be Bernie Sanders trying to get the rest of the Democratic Party underneath him, right? Like that's that's where he has to expand when it comes to his coalition. Right now, he's got a base. Everyone knows. What do you? I would figure probably 25% to 30% of the of the Democratic Party is fully with 
Bernie Sanders. Sure. Right. I would say at least that third, like, but like he's got a base. He's got he's got his core supporters, and so did Donald Trump. And a lot of people were like, "Well, Trump needs to expand the base." All those kinds of things, and he has done that in some ways uh, when it comes to you know foreign policy or uh, certain economic things that a lot of like people on the right that absolutely hate Donald Trump, who he is as a person, but they'll be like, well, he's freeing up Wall Street. He's good for Wall Street, so we like him. He expands the base in certain ways. Bernie Sanders is going to have to do that to the people in the suburbs who do not like Donald Trump, who maybe they voted for Donald Trump and are just sick of it. They're sick of the tweets. They're sick of the personality. They're just done with having to think about Donald Trump. He needs to find a way to relate to those people who have jobs, uh, maybe corporate jobs, drive to work in nice cars, live in nice homes. He needs to be able to relate to those people. And in order to do that, he needs to explain what his policies would mean for them uh, and kind of get away from uh, some of the more class warfare rhetoric uh, that I think has propelled him so far. And Bernie Sanders himself has said that he is kind of allergic to bullshit is is what he said in the new york times endorsement interview that he gave but uh he is already pivoting to doing things that are the necessary bullshit to sell yourself as a candidate in the presidential race but like uh, for example he uh just released an ad where he is walking and talking with obama and uh, obama himself is sort of praising bernie sanders for his for his record and that is you know a sort of an endorsement by non-endorsement it's just sort of by association endorsing him which you know what biden has been using effectively this entire time because obama has not officially endorsed him but he basically Woo. is just saying that that is happening you know what? I, and i was also obama thinking obama is the, like looming in the back the, the just moment being like, the moment obama comes down on a fucking chariot from the sky i don't know what that will do like that might oh it'll help him it'll help her, it uh, might just biden. like just blow the doors off i don't know what kind of affect a full-on obama coming you know he's gonna obama coming away from his job executive producing the new season of teen wolf and saying well uh, joe biden should be the next president that will be a tough day for for bernie sanders absolutely campaign yeah i i think that when it comes to endorsements an endorsement that would matter would be from barack obama uh, because uh, there is still a lot of love for Obama in the minds of the American people, specifically when it comes to culture and when it comes to just the tone of the country. Obama had a way that was a he had a much more calming effect uh, than Donald Trump, at least in my opinion. Apparently, he angered a lot of folks and I didn't I never really saw the reason to hate uh, Barack Obama. Obviously, I voted for the guy twice. The only things that I didn't really like about him was his foreign policy because I just thought it was far too hawkish. But everything else, you know, and that's something the Republicans probably at that time should have enjoyed or liked. Um, but there was a lot of things that he did uh, that were good. It would have been nice if he was a little tougher. It would have been great if we could have gotten uh, Neil Gorsuch uh, to not be the candidate. At that point, he wanted to get Merrick Garland. Uh, Obama wanted to get Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court, but failed to do so. I know Mitch McConnell is a total, he is a tough dude when it comes to the Senate. Um, it would have been, I, I think Obama just gets criticism because he didn't do enough. And I think if he can come down and say, yes, maybe I didn't do as much as I wanted to do, give Joe a chance and Joe will get it done. Because now that Bloomberg is paying all of Joe's bills, maybe he can also take his catchphrase. That's, is that how that works? Joe will get it done. See how that works? It's very nice. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful, but we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. 
But I think the Obama endorsement would would be a big it would be a big boost. But we will see. Going forward now, we have many states to go. Super Tuesday, 10 out of 14 for Joe Biden. Uh, Bernie Sanders definitely expected to do a little bit better. Uh, He won the states he definitely thought he would win. But as Travis mentioned, those states that were up for grabs like Texas, he did not perform as well as he could have. Of course, in California. Yes. Man, and also in Texas uh, and states all across the country that voted on super tuesday voter suppression is extremely real we see it time and time again it's so it's so continuous that it's not even unexpected anymore like as soon as i spoke with henry zabrowski from last podcast and side stories and he was like i went to vote but i was waiting for 45 minutes and we had to come and do the stream and i'm like that is all on purpose (laughs) yeah and henry is a perfect perfect candidate for long lines because you know henry doesn't want to go out there and vote he's busy and he doesn't particularly like any of these people and rightfully so in many ways so you get someone who is just like oh i'll do it because my wife my wife i'll do it i'm gonna go vote it's my civic duty I'm, i'm doing it and then 45 minutes later you're like what the hell is this it's completely i could be at a dave and busters right now you can be anywhere Anywhere other than waiting in line to vote for someone you don't even really like. And that was what happened specifically uh, or most transparently in California. Voter suppression. I mean, it is unbelievable to me that anyone would have to wait basically almost any amount of time. Get the voting machines, open up more voting places. As opposed to what they're doing now, less voting machines, less voting places. All of this is on purpose. There's a reason the brown and black communities tend to have less voting machines and less voting venues than other places. All of this stuff is on purpose. And that is why it is so difficult to actually see change specifically on a national level, which is always why local politics matter the most. Because this election, and this is what I wanted to kind of talk about uh, earlier on. If it is Joe Biden and has the Democratic nomination, I'll wear my Go Joe shirt. Cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume there's a Go Go Joe Go shirt. I don't know, just to hopefully make sure he stays alive. Uh, Supreme Court justices matter. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to die. She's just gonna die. Like yeah. it's just gonna happen. I know everyone is like, she did a sit up yesterday. She <laughs> made a video where she, I don't know, fed a fish. I have no idea. Time is real. She's gonna die. Yeah. If if. The next, so the next president of the United States has potential to nominate one, two, probably probably one or two Supreme Court justices, at least one. So, and and of course all the local judges as well, because the Trump administration, the reason that Mitch McConnell can hold his nose and look at all the tweets and be like, yes, Trump is a freaking psychopath on Twitter. He's a he's the, he's the ultimate troll in chief. The reason he can let all of that shit go, the reason the Republican Party can let all of that crap go is because of all of the judges that are being appointed on a regular basis. They're just churning them out uh, like the Treasury prints money. They are just turning them out. So that is why, even if it is Joe Biden, just remember, uh, it's more than the presidency. It's the trickle down. It's the entire uh, reshifting of just overall judicial ideology that we've seen with Donald Trump. That is what is more important than all the the tweets and all the other crap. The most important thing is that a president, or one of the most important things a president does do is appoint judges uh, all uh, all across the country. And that is, of course, why the Democrats also desperately need to get the Senate. But uh, we'll see if that ever happens. It is very frightening, the idea that you know, we are placing our bets on Biden if he does become the nominee, because this is the kind of person uh, that will be up against Trump, who is kind of a master class of like owning people on stage. But yeah. this is the this is the voice of a man, the man who will be our champion. Look, tomorrow's Superstar Tuesday. And I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? A hundred and fifty million people have been killed since 2007 when Bernie voted to exempt the gun manufacturers from liability. 
it would put 720 million back million women back in the workforce. Nobody should be in jail for a nonviolent crime. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. What's not to like about Vermont in terms of the beauty of it? And what a neat town. It's in New Hampshire. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. <laughs> Think about it. Uh. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the... Go, you know the you know the thing. <laughs> so you know, I I kind of like the last gap where he's like, "Well, you know what? You know the thing." You know. It reminds me of when Bush uh, screwed up the "fool me once" line. You know, you know, once. yes. So all of these things are going to be known. This is these aren't necessarily just your traditional Joe Biden gaffes. I do. This is one of the ironies. You know, uh, people call sexism and all these kinds of things. Um, Joe Biden is going to be taken to task for his mental um, acumen. It is going to be in question on regular mainstream conversation. That question goes out the window uh, if it's somebody of a different gender, in my opinion, because I think that becomes a third rail and it can actually be protective, which is not a bad thing. It just is what it is. Um, Joe Biden is going to have the book thrown at him because it does seem... Like his brain is not fully functioning on a level that uh, that really inspires confidence into his ability to lead a nation. However, being president and campaigning for president are two very different things. They are okay. So you can he's have, not going to be giving you, speeches you, every day. Okay, you know you and can have a bowl of tapioca for a brain <laughs> you if can. you're president. You can because it's a lot about who's around you. It's a lot about who's around you. Right. Uh, but as we saw with Hillary Clinton in 2016, the things that we were upset with her about uh, when talking about that election, I I would be uh, I would be biased if I didn't attack uh, Biden for the exact same stuff. Yeah. I mean, although he didn't go into Libya, he did approve of certain policies such as the Iraq War um, that I just. Feel oh, he those, was those those were the times when you had a chance to stand up and say no, I don't like this. And Elizabeth Warren criticizing Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren criticizing Bernie Sanders because he didn't get anything done in the Senate. It's like he is a senator. <laughs> that is how that works. He was the only one uh, to vote not when in the Senate but when in the House against the Iraq War. Um, also, Russ Feingold, you know, it's like, yes, they didn't stop the Iraq war. Yeah. That's not how voting works, but they did their best and they voted no. That's all you can do. So literally Elizabeth Warren's argument that Bernie Sanders didn't get anything done. He what's he gonna, what's he going to do? Meanwhile, Warren sparred with Biden uh, about uh, being an advocate for credit card companies. And in, in, uh, Biden was a. Or a proponent of a bankruptcy bill that basically made sure that people weren't able to consolidate their debts. And th that somehow doesn't get uh, as much traction as Bernie not being able to stop the Iraq war. But the nice thing is, so if if Biden does make it to the nominee, and again, there is a lot of time left. Yeah, this and is now still, that we're this in is a, a... This is a dead heat for it. This, this is. And now that Elizabeth Warren has dropped out, again, I, I love that we have a binary choice here within the Democratic Party. Thank God. I, I'm very happy with that. All of that criticism of Joe Biden when it comes to his love of big business, corporations, uh, multinational corporations, wanting to get us back into NAFTA, uh, you know, wanting us to sort of go back to the old world order, wanting us, uh, you know, to bail out all these massive, massive credit card companies and banks. All of that is totally moot when it comes to him going against Donald Trump. That's I mean, as far right. as so the reason the why people are going for Biden is because the only thing they care about is the electability issue is can Biden beat Trump? They don't care about that other stuff, which is unfortunate because you because Biden really if, if we have the, cho the choice between Bernie Sanders, who has progressive family policies, uh, you know, why not choose Bernie? But they there seems to be this idea that biden is more electable and i just don't see it well i'll tell you one thing if joe biden had the same if bernie sanders had the same abortion position as joe biden there would be 
a whole bunch of conversation going on because, of course, Joe Biden is personally pro-life um, and he's always voted pro-choice. But, you know, the media would have been harping all over that personally pro-life stuff. But that is just totally getting a pass um, because now they're his favorite son and they see him as the only viable candidate uh, to beat Donald Trump, despite the fact that, again, Bernie Sanders, for me, is too far left. I've said that before. Uh, but at the same time, we need someone in there at the starting point who is going to be talking about Medicare for all. Maybe we can then get single payer. You go in there discussing single payer. We're we're not moving anything. Nothing is going to change. Right. And I feel like that's almost what Joe Biden is running on. Right. It's uh, it's it's hope for no change because they don't want change. No, the he, whole point is to go back to the way that it was. Biden wants to get in a, in a DeLorean and take us back to 2008 that's that's that is his that is his pitch oh my goodness well hopefully not 2008 the economy was not doing that well although the obama administration even by conservative standards did a great job of getting us out of that recession with about 1.3 percent two percent growth and people were harping all over obama but the the economy that he took over after w cannot be it cannot be overstated what crap it was <laughs> so yes he wants that is the point that is what he's saying can you put the genie back in the bottle now that we have sort of marinated in trump for three years and it has become trump has now just become mainstream right yeah I would it's say just so. we just like i've spoken to people at bars obviously where i go not too many churches and they say well if Trump wins again, we've lived four years under him. We kind of know what to expect. It's one of those strange things now where his Trumpian behavior, just who he is, just who he is as a person. When he went to talk with the scientists at coronavirus <laughs> about the coronavirus, for example, Trump said, all these scientists, they're so amazed at what I know. Like, they're like, <laughs> they're like, how do you know all this? Like, and all of them are just like, whatever. But. We know that we that's his that's how he's going to react. It's such it's so weird now that the the craziest things that Trump says, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's how that's what Trump would say. Yeah, it was uh, his surgeon general was on MSNBC and he was talking about how, like, yeah, Trump only sleeps five hours and he's stronger and healthier than me. <laughs> Great. None <laughs> and, of that is and, true. Uh, I saw a clip of uh, CPAC because uh, some people were <laughs> some attendees at CPAC were infected with the coronavirus uh hmm. and they showed a clip of trump hugging the flag and i was like wait a second is this are they showing a clip from last year's cpac for this cpac and no every year trump is just hugging the flag yeah. specifically at cpac i think that he does it a lot of yeah he loves to yeah, hug he hugs that the flag, flag. <laughs> of course the flag is like hashtag flags too could you please stop groping me nonetheless we will see, as we have said, what happens. Biden versus Bernie going down. We have the next states coming up are Michigan, Missouri, Washington, Idaho, Mississippi, and North Dakota. Michigan being the most important of all those states. Not that all those states don't matter, but from a delegate perspective, Michigan has a bunch what number is it? it's over 100 right 125 and Woo. at the end of the day for sanders to clinch the the nomination he's going to need to get around uh 1910 delegates he's definitely got to win the states that he won in 2016 michigan being one of them but uh but yeah that's going to be a tight vote but it's now officially a race now we can stop talking about pete Buttigieg. well there's not going to be a flavor of the month you know yeah. and that and that's kind of nice um, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Warren, those were the top, top of the second tier candidates, and they had been for a long time. Uh, they ran great campaigns in many ways. Buttigieg, the opposite of Beto, came out of nowhere, just a small town mayor, made himself a national figure. So it's a net win for Buttigieg. Klobuchar the same way. I mean, neither of them are wounded after this. Yeah. You know, it's all good. And Warren... If you're Elizabeth Warren, I think you do have to be slightly upset because I feel like this could have been uh, a better year for her. Um, the some of the strategy I just felt like was sort of uh, was they, just there was like a flailing. She busted her ass though, and I do appreciate that. And and I like the 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 selfie lines and all that stuff. I I think was actually really great. Um, and uh, 
yeah, it was just just a few missteps well, and here then it, there. It really kind of highlights, I would say, an undeserved victory or, you know, the the sort of un, undeserved place of first place right now for Biden because he doesn't have the sound. He did not have the same ground game as Sanders or Warren. No. Uh, and he doesn't he hasn't camp, he didn't campaign into many of the Super Tuesday states. He does not get out there and do these uh, 45 minute speeches in cities like uh, Sanders does or, or no, Warren did. Um, but in, in going forward, we're going to see, you know, as we said, Sanders is going to have to pivot his messaging and that's going to be a huge endeavor for that whole campaign team. But Biden is really just going to have to not look like Biden. And, and I actually read a, an editorial from, I think it was like CBS or something. Uh, and it said the first thing that Biden, the Biden campaign team needs to remember going forward to keep the lead is to not let Biden talk too much. That is right, that right. is the first piece of advice that a lot of pundits are giving uh, Biden's team is don't let him don't let him get too chatty up there because people will find out that he's not Diamond Joe and that he's actually uh, the gaff master Flash as hey John, man, John Stewart called him before. This is people like quiet men. That's, That's right. what they like. Yeah. This is why I can't find a date to kill myself. Uh, wait, what? <laughs> um, wait, what? No, that doesn't make sense. Uh, no, I can't find. I could find are a date, about, but you know what? I have a date. His name is Puffin. Are we talking about male suicide rates? <laughs> we could. <laughs> um, we can actually talk about male suicide rates. I read an interesting article, <laughs> but do not silence is golden. Honestly, if you're a man out there, be a silent stallion. Yes. Not not a not a not a chat not not a chatty stew. Even if he doesn't, <laughs> even if Biden does not speak at the next debate, I do hope the moderator asks him to do the clock drawing test just to see if he has a bit of the old dementia. Ah, he knows what a clock is. God knows. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait! You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Um, All right, this is what, just lastly, on the presidential politics and what's going on here. Obama says this about Bernie Sanders. He says, Bernie Sanders is somebody who has the virtue of saying exactly what he believes. Great authenticity, great passion, and is fearless. Bernie served on the Veterans Affairs Committee and got bills done. I think people are ready for a call to action. They want honest leadership, someone who cares about them. They want somebody who's going to fight for them, and they will find that in Bernie. The ad concludes with Obama saying, that's right, feel the burn. The Biden campaign disputed the suggestion that Obama is supporting Sanders saying Barack Obama chose Vice President Biden to be his partner over eight years ago in the White House and trusting him with managing the stimulus that saved our economy from a depression, obtaining the deciding vote for the Affordable Care Act and countless national security priorities. By contrast, Senator Sanders explored primary challenges to President Obama in 2012, who he compared to a moderate Republican and said was not a progressive. So Obama's words... It's funny to see them being sort of manipulated and flipped because obviously that's old, old Obama talking uh, when his boy Joe wasn't in the race. And God knows when that was actually taken from. So they're going to be using the same way that Bloomberg used Obama in countless ads. If you're Obama at this point. I almost think it's time to come out of the hiding. He's going to do it. He's being used. He's going to do it. Yes. Right. He's going to have to because currently. He is being used by every single presidential candidate that there is, um, other than Donald Trump, obviously, uh, to make it look like they that that's how powerful Obama is. Yeah. Everyone still wants to be in his clique. Everyone yeah. still wants to be like, he likes me. You know, Barack likes me. Uh, so you should, too. I'm a pretty cool guy. 
But at the same time, we should clarify, what does Obama actually think? And if Obama does get out on the campaign trail, if he doesn't endorse Biden, that will that will bring some crowds. That could bring Bernie size crowds. Yeah, just which to see, would be huge. basically just to see Obama, huge. just to yeah. see him, just to see Obama, yeah, just to see, yes. get a glance. And there's some speculation that he may be a future Supreme Court justice, although he has sort of sidestepped that when it's brought up. I'm not sure if he wants to be a Supreme Court justice, as Travis alluded to. Currently signed a deal with Netflix to be a producer. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe that maybe that would be a, a job that he would want. Um, but nonetheless, you could film it and release it on Netflix. You can make a documentary about you shaping the country. You nine people who are shaping the entire nation. Um, all right. Well, let's talk suicide rates because this doesn't get a lot of conversation. And I had a horrible week. Not that I was going to commit suicide or anything. <laughs> I was not going to commit suicide. Good Lord. But did you know that men actually commit more suicide than women? It's although not, they a, don't, it's although not a competition, Ben. I know it's not a competition. And on, and on International Women's Day, nonetheless. Oh, my. No, this is why women, they're stronger. They're, they're staying alive. Um, so in countries around the world, women are more likely to be diagnosed with, the, with depression and to attempt suicide. But men's suicide rates are several times higher than females. And I just thought this was interesting. In the UK, the male suicide rates is its low is at its lowest since 1981. That's 15.5 deaths per 100,000 people. Everyone loves hearing numbers over radio. That's nothing but great radio. The single <laughs> biggest killer of men under the age of 45 is suicide. And this is where the gender splits. For UK women, the rate is a third of men with 4.9 suicides per 100,000, which I just found to be a little bit interesting because oftentimes we talk about mental health and men are not always discussed as being extremely mentally in need of help. Men are very isolated and they don't have any friends. Yes, indeed. It's really kind of the crux of it. In Australia, uh, men are three times more likely to die by suicide, 3.5 times more likely in the U.S., and more than four times more likely in Mother Russia. Uh, the World Health Organization's data showed that nearly 40% of countries have more than 15 suicides per 100,000 men. Only 1.5% show a rate that high among women, which I just thought was quite interesting because suicide is hugely a sensitive, complex issue with multiple uh, different reasons for people committing suicide. So why exactly is this happening? A lot of people say it's uh, because men don't tend to reach out. Uh, much, much fewer men end up going to the doctor when they're sick or just do regular checkups. Uh, also, when it comes to firearms, men make up six out of 10 gun owners and firearms play a role in more than half of suicides. So women are more likely to attempt suicide than men, but the way that women do it is not quite as violent as men do it. Um, I believe that's sort of a, a tale as old as time. So that is why women attempt it more, succeed less, men attempt it less, but succeed far more. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. We don't talk about that often. You know, we tell boys don't cry and all that kind of stuff. And um, in reality, there's a lot of people suffering out there. So if you are someone who is going through anything, feel free to reach out to someone and just try to get help. I know it's hard to get help because it's not freaking free. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. mental health help is not free. Oftentimes, it's not even covered by insurance. If a company provides you insurance, sometimes they won't have mental health in that plan. And then what are you going to do? Spend 300 bucks uh, at the doctor for, you know, to go in and, and try something that maybe you don't even think will work. Unless, of course, you give it time, in which case it does. So if a person is not even cognizant that they have a condition causing their distress, which is why you need to go to the doctor, you can get they can tell you like, hey, you might have a little bit of bipolar. Maybe you're manic depressive. Maybe you're just down and you shouldn't be and you're maybe there's medication that can help or or talk therapy that can help uh, then it's very difficult uh, to get help so this is what they say only a third of people who take their own lives are in mental health care treatment and dangerously rather than seeking help through established channels most men tend to self-medicate of course that's booze and drugs and 
you know, there tends to be more substance abuse and alcohol use among males, which may just reflect the distress they're feeling. But we know it compounds the issues of suicide. Other factors other than guns and uh, and uh, and mental health issues. There's an if there's an economic downturn that results in increased unemployment, for example, there tends to be an associated increase in suicide, typically 18 to 24 months. After a downturn, one 2015 study found that for every 1% increase in unemployment, there is a 0.79% increase in suicide rates. Having to worry about finances or trying to find a job can exasperate mental health issues, but there are other elements as well. Uh, This is according to Simon Gunning, the CEO of Campaign Against Living Miserably, or CALM. Isn't that nice? Uh, He says... We're brought up in our lives to judge ourselves in comparison with our peers and to be economically successful. When there are economic factors we can't control, it becomes very difficult. Now, of course, millions of people end up losing their jobs, and uh, almost all of us have lost a relationship, and we don't end up dying by suicide. Uh, However, it does increase the risk. And um, so, yes, I just wanted to uh, bring that to people's attention. Uh, male suicide often isn't talked about, but there's a lot of sad people out there or not even necessarily sad. It's just, you know, life comes at you fast and life comes at you hard sometimes. So in Australia, they began a mental health initiative. Uh, it's called the Are You OK Day, which encourages people to support those struggling with life by starting a conversation. Another approach is the shoulder to shoulder principle, encouraging men to talk while otherwise occupied, like watching football or going for a bike ride. Isn't that nice? And Mates in Construction, a training and support program, raises awareness of high suicide rates in an industry that shows construction workers how they can help be part of the solution. Less potholes. That would help. Overall, an emphasis on making it okay for men to talk about how they're feeling and uh, to be acknowledged as a sign of strength, which is uh, which is often not the case. So everyone reach out to Ben and let him know that he is loved. Oh, I'm and good. This, I'm actually fine. This That's week not, will pass no, by. No, it's already it, done. It's, I don't even care. It was just, it, no, it doesn't matter because I look in the eyes of Puffin and I say, Puffin <laughs> needs me. Otherwise, who's going to feed him all of the Taco Bell that I order? Well, <laughs> um, so no, but it's just an interesting thing. And I just didn't realize that the suicide rates were that dramatic. Um, oh, yeah. Because, you know, it. When we talk about it, it tends to be it does tend to be more of a feminine issue. Um, and maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. I just don't really. That, I mean, that is a mis, that is a cultural misconception. Yes. I would say. That, yeah. That, I mean, so I just read that article the other day, and I was like, oh, that was kind of interesting. So if if you're a man or a woman, it does not matter. But uh, you know, reach out, a- ask for help, and uh, it, but it's very hard because yeah. you know you just don't. First of all, you don't care enough about yourself to even really care. You know, that you're like feeling down or like whatever. You're like, it is what it is. And then, yeah, you compound that with some booze here or there or whatever it might be. Uh, You know, I get it. It can just kind of come at you fast and you make a one flippant decision. And next thing you know, uh, when you you, when you make a flippant decision with a firearm, a lot of bad things can happen. When you make a flippant decision with a bunch of pills, there's a good chance you wake up or someone finds you, you get your stomach pumped, whatever it might be. But if you're gonna if you're gonna kill yourself with a bullet to the brain, there's not a lot of time for someone to go in there and be like, "Hey, don't do that." Yeah, and if you do try to kill yourself uh, and you mess up, you could you could you could wind up in a hospital for for a long time. Well, you know, there's nothing better than having a good nap. But uh, I do. Speaking of coronavirus. Speaking of coronavirus, South by Southwest has been canceled in Austin, Texas. I think it's a little bit extreme, but again, I guess better safe than sorry. Uh, this is more of a, in my personal feeling, so don't take this like, I'm not a doctor. I'm no Dr. Oz, although you know my story about Dr. Oz. Yeah, you guys are best friends, right? We're best friends, yes. But uh, in the green room, when I was doing Yahoo Finance, he told me, oh, coronavirus, don't worry about it. Nothing's going to happen to you. You're going to be fine. It's a very small percentage. Live your life. And then on TV, Dr. Oz was like, it's the worst thing we've ever seen. It's worse than a forest fire. It's worse than a, it's worse than the Titanic crashing into an iceberg. And I'm like, what to believe? Dr. Oz in the green room or Dr. Oz on TV? I'll believe Dr. Oz in the green room if I have to believe Dr. Oz at all. But the coronavirus, it is spreading. So be careful. But again, don't be, make your, just follow through with your plans. And as a matter of fact, if you're going to travel, this is the time to do it. 
you can get a flight to Italy for like four olives. Yeah, and then it's get unbelievable. Tra- and then get trapped there because they are definitely locking 16 down. Sixteen the- million people are in court. Okay, don't travel to Italy. All <laughs> yeah. right, that wasn't maybe, the right maybe example. Not Italy. Not Italy. Anywhere but it- go to go to um, the Dominican Republic. I've heard the I've heard DR DR is one of the most beautiful places in the world, and I actually was talking to an Uber driver who told me not to tell anyone that because he doesn't want people to go there. <laughs> um, but in New York City, in New York State rather, the number of confirmed coronavirus coronavirus cases is 105. So that is okay. So there's 105. They got tests overnight. They were up 16 people in just one evening. Uh, This is according to Cuomo. He suggested that local governments and private businesses have their employees work in shifts. Um, Cuomo said we want to reduce as much as possible situations creating density. The private sector has a role in trying to contain it. The governor says there's now 12 cases in New York City, 82 cases in Westchester County, five in Nassau County, one in Suffolk County, two in Rockland County, two in upstate Saratoga County, and one in upstate Ulster County. So be careful. Don't go licking any subway poles. Just just be careful. You're going to be fine. If someone sneezes on you, first of all, that's very rude. Number yeah. two, you know, make sure that they don't have coronavirus. I don't know how many times people sneeze on each other, but apparently people sneeze on each other all day long. I did not know that. Um, So just be careful. Uh, You know, in Italy, they have 16 million people under quarantine right now, uh, which I believe is a third of their country. So it is serious. I was talking to my friend who's a medical expert. I mean, she's in HR at a hospital, but she was saying that medical experts knew about this virus in uh, in Asia since last October. Uh, So there's sort of been in the medical community. People have been sort of waiting um, to see when this thing was actually going to break. In total in the U.S., there are just over 400 cases. Again, we're a nation of 400 million people approximately at any given day. 400 cases, uh, currently 19 deaths. So take it seriously, but don't let it ruin your life. And uh, don't forget that there's a huge industry based upon people's panic. And they're doing great. The markets took a hit, but it'll rebound. And um, that's just part of it is... Part of this is part of government control when you see coronavirus, for example. And I know people are like, oh, China didn't create the government. I'm just saying they're benefiting <laughs> greatly from it. They're expanding their social uh, surveillance state. I've said it before. But you're part gonna of, lose social credit points, Ben. I know. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, I've gone, I feel like I'm at a casino. I'm losing <laughs> so much. But it's not just about how many people can get sick. It's how the government can use these uh, opportunities to, you know, e- e- explore different surveillance options and different um, ways for the government to uh, implement some of their more, I don't want to say nefarious, but some of their more powerful abilities when it comes to quarantining people, as we saw after the Boston Marathon bombing, what martial law looks like. Oftentimes the government loves a panicked society because then they're much more likely to go along with a recommendation coming from the government. Look no further than the Patriot Act after 9-11. On the flip side, the the panic that would be caused by the coronavirus virus was accidentally caused by the government because they don't they did not take it seriously at first and they did not buy enough tests for the country. And so now we don't know who has the coronavirus. It is if I was a gambling man, I'd say you don't. No, I mean we just don't know what the actual shape of this is, and that is the reason to be you know to have an abundance of caution because we unfortunately have an administration that just did not give a shit to um to prepare for this kind of thing well and and you know what if if this is again more of a local government thing if they happen to take control of the situation by by employing ben's surveillance program that's what they're doing the ben kissel surveillance program for social credit uh, it's not mine. <laughs> then you know, yeah, that's probably going to happen. But um, yeah, we you just gotta you just gotta have uh, you just gotta have faith. I don't know. I don't have know. faith. Yeah. Have faith. That's not gonna. That's ha- not gonna pray, spread a virus pray at all. For it. Pray Pray. Pr- pray for it. Pray it away. No, just be careful. You can take care of yourself. I'm sure. I'm sure everyone will be fine. And again, go to the doctor. 
if you have flu-like symptoms. Take it from me. I'm wearing a full velour suit. Yeah, and the same one I've been wearing for four days. Um, it's been one of those weeks. Your velour weeks. suit has built up antibodies to it the does. coronavirus. It, honestly, it very well might. It very well may. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you all for listening. I am super excited. Speaking of Corona, I'm hitting the road (laughs) and I am very excited to see everyone in Syracuse on Monday. Then I'm going to be in Albany on Tuesday and then it's Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah, I've been saying Manchester because technically I think it's in Manchester, but everyone's like, that's not the right place. And I was like, "Okay, fine. It's Hartford, Connecticut on Wednesday. So Monday, Syracuse, Albany on Tuesday and Hartford on Wednesday. I cannot wait to see you guys all for the screening of Hail Yourself America. We're going to get through everything together because as long as as long as there's things to do, then you're going to stay alive. Yeah, Ben is on his uh, Touching the Face of America tour. That's what it is now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Touching the Face of America. I love it. Um, okay, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening and support Enabling and Stop Pat. We appreciate you. Ben Kissel on Twitter. Ben Kissel one on Instagram. Ghost garbage for Travis on everything. Yeah. But you're not garbage. And Thank you're not you. a ghost yet. Thank you. Yep. Okay, everyone. Puffin says, how are And hail yourselves. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, Go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.